How's everybody doing? Is it wonderful to be in the Lord's presence today? Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I was going to tell you a joke about construction, but I'm still working on it. There you go. Okay. All right. I want to speak today on teach us to pray. Everybody said teach us to pray. Would you say that? Teach us to pray. Now, here's the thing. Uh, when the disciples saw that Jesus was doing all these wonderful things he was doing, they realized his prayer life had a big impact on uh, his ability to do the things he was doing. He was healing the sick. He was casting out demons. Wisdom was flowing from his lips in the streets. He was teaching. He was having impact. He was discipling his disciples. He was showing them the, the life. And um, there's a statement that Jesus said. He says it in two different contexts. I don't have uh, things on the overhead, but I just want to read it to you. And uh, it's in Matthew 11:27. one of them is. And so I just want to start with this. But before we do, uh, I want to just lift up our hearts to the Lord. I feel like the Lord will impart something today. Every time we turn to the Lord in His Word, there are things that can be pulled down that have been high things in the mind that resist the Lord. And sometimes just the, the anointing, the, the sword of the Lord will penetrate something and bring down something that's in your mind that's opposed to the best that God has for you. I'm praying that this today would have that effect. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, I just ask that your word is a seed. It goes in as a seed. It goes in as a, sometimes as a hammer. It goes in as a sword. It goes in as a, 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 a work. Uh, it's life-giving, and it changes us. And I'm asking that you would, just every single heart here would be supple and open to a fresh work of the Holy Spirit today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. This word that Jesus said is this. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. So Jesus is making a statement. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. Then he says this. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Now here's the, the kind of the mystery of even how you come to know the Lord. If you know the Lord, if you don't know the Lord, then you're here today and then the sound of my voice of my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will begin working in your heart and opening up your heart to understand His deep love for you and what Jesus has done on the cross for you. Because He's, he's come and taken all of our sin and failure upon Himself as a sacrifice on the cross and paid that debt. God offers us just with the confession that Jesus is Lord and believing in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. He said, that's as simple as it needs to be and I will come into your heart and I will make you alive and you will be my child and I'll write your name in the Lamb's book of life. You'll have eternal life and it begins right there. But even Jesus said that no one, uh, no one comes to the Son says to the, except the Father draws them. So, so here's this beautiful work of salvation, but it's the Father drawing you with tender cords of love into a relationship with Jesus Christ to open your heart, to open your mind, to see that He's carried it 
Most of us are full of fear, full of pride, full of a resistance because we're sons of Adam. We're anti-God. We don't want anybody. We want to be in control. And control is really a kind of an interesting thing because control is just the flip side of a coin where fear is on the other side. So if you're a controlling person, you're a fearful person. And if you don't want to give up control, it's because you don't know who God is and that he's love. Perfect love, the Bible says, cast out fear. Isn't that amazing? God will come and he says, I'll love you perfectly, and fear leaves the room. Have you ever, some of us have had fear leave our life because of the perfect love of God entering in. It's an amazing thing. So prayer develops within our lives as our relationship with God develops. Now lay hold of that one. The way we think of God determines our approach to prayer. There are a lot of people don't pray because, well, I'll get into it. Our deep core belief in God is formed by our relationship to our parents. If a child's heart grew in deep trust with his parent, especially the father, there's an automatic deep trust that is transferred to Father God. Character has been formed in the heart of a child because of this love that a, a father gives. It's a foundation of the relationship with an earthly father. If there's a real good, solid, solid relationship with love of building the father, building up the son and shaping his life with, with, uh, with a caring heart and attitude, then placing trust in Father God comes naturally because he's perceived as good and trustworthy. We project the image that we have of our earthly dad onto him. And so, but here's the other point. When the child has a broken, scarred, damaged, lacking, or non-existent relationship with a loving, and by loving I mean strong and caring, because you can be strong and be a bully and not caring. You can be caring and just be a wimp and not have any strength. When I say love, I'm talking love of God. I'm talking about strong caring. When you have a strong, um, when you did not have a strong and caring father, then the character of the child is uh, formed by one option, and that's the, the belief that the child has to take care of himself. And this is called an orphan mentality. Orphans perceive Father God differently than sons and daughters because orphans don't know the love of God unconditionally. It takes time to move from being an orphan mentality person into a, a person that knows God. Jesus will initiate you through this process by bringing relationships around. But orphans see Father God as distant, uninterested, someone who is impossible to please, mean, or just focused on other things. Therefore, the prayers prayed are different. Orphans may pray to Jesus... But sons pray to the Father, as Jesus taught. Yes, get this. Jesus came to perfectly represent Father God's heart to us so that we can receive restoration in our hearts and be re reunited with him. It took me a long time. It took me a long time with this. This is not... This is, not, um, this is something you have to grow into. This is something that takes time and process. The majority of people fend for themselves and never trust the Lord, even as believers, to their deathbed. They believe that they've got to do it, that he's not trustworthy. They say it, 
but yet, then in the heart, there's a belief that I just can't. I just got to do it. I have to do it. I have to do it. If you're one of those, God bless you. It's not working out too well for you. You're just going to just bleed all the way. It's just going to be rough on you. There's a lack of trust. Jesus even talking says, look to the birds. Look to the birds. I love that little poem. Said the robin to the sparrow. I would really like to know why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so. So he said the spirit to the robin. So the robin to the sparrow. Well, I think it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Having the awareness deep inside, and I'll get to this later, but this is a, it affects your prayer life. Jesus said, enter into the throne room of grace with confidence. There's a Father who's paved the way for you to obtain mercy in your time of need. That's how he says it. It says in the book of Hebrews, he's taken all that on you, himself for you. Aren't you glad the Lord has taken on the weight of your life? See, when, when you're carrying it, you're mean sometimes because, you know, you're impatient. You're just mad at other people because she says, why don't they help me? And chew their heads off and stuff. You end up with attitude problems. And people have a tough time being around you because you're, you're having a, you have, it's all on me. Am I illustrating it well enough? Have you been in? <laughs> yeah, you are, Pastor. Ah, you you reading my mail, you know. But no, I'm reading the mail of the broken heart. The, broken, the brokenness of the human soul is just this one. I've got to fend for myself, and, and pressures get too much. And, I, and, and there's this lack of trust in the Lord, this huge, massive chasm that Jesus came to, to bridge this and say, come, I want, to, I want to, you to know my Father. How many of you do actually want to grow up into maturity and grow up in mature in Christ to mature in him? And I've discovered that, you know, like I mentioned a minute ago, there's a process that he initiates you into and he works deeply within you as he establishes relationships around you. The Bible actually says in the Psalms, he puts solitary people in families. So when there is brokenness in this relationship between the parent and the child, Father God has an alternative plan, an alternate plan through the revelation of his son. And Jesus hits this on the head. The moment he, when they ask him to uh, teach us to pray, the very first thing he says is this. I love this. He says, when you pray, say, Father, our Well, you see, our Father, when Jesus rose from the dead and Mary Magdalene was there, he says, tell the disciples I'm going to our God, my God and your God, my Father and your Father. Our, everybody say our Father, our Father. You have a Father in heaven, our Father in heaven. This is hallowed be thy name. What's that mean? In other words, honor him in your heart. There's a big difference between honoring someone and bringing a complaint and just complaining. There's a difference. When we come with him, when we have honor, Jesus says, when we come to the Father, come with honor, come with a sense of worship, come with a sense of 
of uh, like, and here's all this Jesus is doing. He says, do what I do. The ultimate goal of the Christian life is to be conformed into the image of Christ. Do what I do. So Jesus is basically saying, I'm going to show you prayer that works. And I'm going to show you sonship prayer. You know, he told the disciples, this is crazy. It's like, you know, you see these little verses and they pop out like in John 14. It says, Jesus says to the disciples, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And it's like, I thought all of them had moms and dads. There wasn't like an orphanage there and they went and got the disciples. They didn't even have orphanages before Jesus showed up on the planet. Do you know that orphanages are only where Christianity is? They don't exist anywhere else except where Christianity is. Did you know that? Because of the Father's heart for people. Other religions don't have orphanages. They don't even want the kids. Just let them be in the streets. But Jesus Christ says, I will not leave you orphans. And that spirit comes into somebody and they see the value of children without families. And they gather them. Let's praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, because he gathers you. You're out there somewhere. And he comes and draws you and brings you into this life-giving relationship. Begins to show you, I care about you. And all these strongholds in your mind and all this resistance and all this beating up and all the things that have happened in your life and all the resistance that you've had. And he starts to melt that away over a period of time and changes you in the inside and shows you that he values you. You can't value other people if you don't know you're valued. But Jesus is the one who values us the most. That's what he brought to the world. Nobody else brought what Jesus brought. Jesus brought forgiveness. That's the fountainhead of forgiveness. The fountainhead of forgiveness in the world is Jesus Christ. It doesn't come from another place. He, through the shedding of his blood... He's incomparable. You can't compare anything to him. Jesus is not a set of rules. It's not a religion. It's a person who came and died in your place. It is a relationship with God that he says, I'm going to bring you and restore you into the fellowship with the Father that you fell out of. I'm going to restore you and make you whole again. Praise the Lord. I was nine years old. He put his knees down on my shoulders and he beat my face in, in rage. And all I wanted was love. Messed me up. I came into salvation at 17 years old. In my early 30s, Jesus says, come on, Roger, we're going to take you by the hand. I'm going to heal you from all the brokenness of your, the wrong treatment of your earthly dad. He, shows, he takes me to that scene. I see the little boy there, which is me. I see this raging father pinning him to the floor. And the Lord says, whose fault is this? All those years, I thought it was my fault. The Lord's saying, it's not the fault of the child, is it? He begins the healing process in me. Come on. Jesus is just that kind, just that loving. The weight, the burden, the hurts, the mistreatment, the abuse, rejection, abandonment, 
the regular issues of an orphaned person. The normal issues, being forsaken, being neglected, all of those, all of those, the Lord will woo you into relationship with him and then wow you with the dynamic love that breaks the power of these things off your life. Hey, my, one of my first prayer sessions, I had, what, over seven demons leave me. Mary Magdalene has nothing on me. She had seven demons left her. I'm thinking maybe, maybe it was just, because seven is also used for the word complete. Maybe she just had complete freedom from a lot of complete bondage. Because the refining process in my life took years and years and years and years. And I'm a son now. I'm not an orphan. I'm not an orphan in my mind. I'm not an orphan in my heart. I know that my heavenly father loves and cherishes me. He provided a, a man as a spiritual father in my life to begin sowing more revelation in my heart. He's done a lot of these wonderful things in my life. He's healed and healed and healed and delivered and set free. And, and Heather's had to go through all of it with me. And then the same thing with her. He began to rechange her. I'll remember when you went through the uh, Search for Significance uh, book and she taught it like two years in a row and suddenly there was this moment when, the, when the, the, the truths of that went, she just changed right in front of me. She's, so com she's a confident daughter of the Most High God now. She knows Daddy God is Daddy God now. And there was no pulling on me for stuff because she was complete, something completed inside of her own soul. There's hope. There's hope in the Lord to be transformed and changed. So Jesus directs our prayer to our Father in heaven, and he says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He focuses our attention on Father, and then he invites us to, to honor and hallow his name, make it holy in our hearts, and then he invites us to relate to him the way he relates to God, and he literally says, Your kingdom come. He's saying, Father God's a king. And he's king in a kingdom. And he has a will. And his will is good. And there's nothing wrong in heaven. Everything that Jesus did, basically, he taught on the kingdom so, so, so much. He taught on the kingdom. And the flow of his life was the display of another realm, a kingdom from another realm coming into this realm. The king's authority from his realm coming into this realm. And we are the loyal subjects, the sons and daughters of this great king, princes, princesses, kings and priests that flow under this mantle, this anointing of Father God. When he started dealing with all the demons in my life and all the brokenness and healing the brokenness, he took all that pain out. Guess what he left? He left it. He, didn't let, he, he literally said, because of all the damage, now you understand all the brokenness. You understand it pretty good. I got like a, I don't know, the Holy Spirit's made me like a Geiger counter for brokenness. Oh, this person's broken. You can, you know, you can just start. I was, I was, uh, you can talk to people about, you know, when you, just me, when, at least when I do it, when I'm in public and I say, you know, there's just so much brokenness in the world, people just lean in. 
Why? Because there's so much brokenness in the world. It's obvious. The culture's destroyed. It's been dismantled. Attitudes worse than ever. People taking pills, drinking stuff, destroying, having sex, all kinds of confusions. You pull the gospel out of the, you know, the Bible out of the culture, the gospel out of the, the redemptive work of Jesus, people go nuts. They got no hope. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what sex they are. They, they lose themselves. But when the Father comes and tells you who you are, this is key. When the Father tells you who you are, when Father God tells you who you are, he's the one who knows who you are. When Father God tells you who you are, you straighten up. You have the opportunity to get better. You can leave all that other stuff. It's phenomenal. And so Paul has this whole approach in the book of Ephesians. Before we go, everybody says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In my life as it is in Jesus' life. Amen. Now, well, I feel stirred up. I want to look at uh, a little bit in Ephesians as Paul is a kingdom, a representation of a, of a son of the Lord, and he writes in the book of Ephesians. I just want to say this. I'll read this, and then we'll talk about it. Ephesians 1, verse 15 through uh, 23. For this reason, he says, I, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you remembering you in my prayers. Here's his prayer. Listen to this prayer. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, everybody say Father, the Father of glory. This is Paul praying now. He's, now he's got a revelation of who God is in his life. He says, may he give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. That you, that what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Listen to this prayer. This prayer, when it's answered, God reveals to you who you are, especially who you are to Father God. That's the answer to this prayer. When you're, this prayer is answered, the eyes of your heart are opened. You receive the work of the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom. What is that? Wisdom is knowing what to do and when to do it. You get revelation. What is revelation? It's insight into what God is doing and how to partner with him. He gives you understanding. He gives you light to live in. The answer to this prayer causes you to know the hope to which you're called. This is, he has a, God, Father God has a preferred picture of your future. Wouldn't you like that? It's not left up to you. It's not left up to you, little orphan. 
He will open your heart to the glorious inheritance in and with those who are his, and they're called saints. Why are they called saints? Because they are set apart unto him. Through the answering of the Spirit, he'll reveal to you that all the power you will ever need has already been given. Isn't that wonderful? In fact, what is poured out in and through Jesus Christ to raise him from the dead and seat him beside the Father in heaven is also poured out into you. The same anointing, the same Holy Spirit. You'll come to know the power. His power is above every other power on earth. I remember, I've told the story, but I remember that uh, time when we were in California in the hysteria. I used to call it hysteria, but it's hysteria. Victorville, we called it Victimville. You know, because it was a rough time. There's a lot of witchcraft up there. And there was one night, right at, right at 12 o'clock at night, somebody heard this story, right at 12 o'clock at night, our daughter's in the next room and she screams. Now here's the thing, the phone rings right at 12 o'clock and the scream happens in the next room at the same time. I pick up the phone and it's this voice, can I speak to any creepy witchcraft type thing? I said, no, she's asleep. I hung up the phone. I wish that I would have said, in the name of Jesus. I wish I'd have known today somebody does that. I'm a different guy. Completely different guy. I hung up the phone. Amy screams in the other room. Heather goes in to minister to her. She's got a bloody nose. I walk out into the other living room. I said, Lord, what is it? He says, voodoo. I said, I bind voodoo in the name of Jesus. Peace of God fell back on our house. All the fear was gone. Instantly. That's what sons do. Orphan runs around. Oh, 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 oh. We're being under attack. We're under attack. Repeats all the depression. Repeats all the, maybe I got to look up how to break curses. That's orphan. Son, in Jesus' name, I bind you. Get out. Different level, right? Come on, somebody say, I'm a son and daughter of the homicide God. You don't have to be like, listen, even if you're a baby Christian, you can say, Jesus, he shows up. He just shows up because you're his baby. You know, babies say, you know, you got to clean up after them. And good parenting, you can raise up a kid and he won't mess up so much. But eventually, you become responsible and mature in the family. And you know the name of authority. And you can do the things that the Lord wants you to do. Amen. So he says, he's telling us all this. He says, this is the kind of prayer I'm going to have you pray. In fact, the answer to this prayer is going to impact your heart with the ultimate authority that is in God and that God has put everything under Jesus' feet. He's made him the head of the church. That's good stuff. When you pray, when when you are praying that kind of prayer and God opens up your heart to see who he is, that he is in absolute dominion, that he's given you the power of his name over this realm. This is good. So, but to get this, see, you, you, you got to go back a little bit because to me, I realized, okay, how am I going to teach this? So I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, well, go ahead and have them repeat who I say they are in the beginning of chapter one. Would you, with a little conviction and oomph, would you repeat these statements that the Lord says about who we are? There's quite a few of them and we're not going to burn out, I promise. 
In fact, the, the room will probably change when you start declaring who the Lord says you are. Let's go ahead and say this. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Let's go ahead and stand together to do it. Father God chose me in Christ before the foundation of the world. He chose me to empower me to be his. To make me holy and blameless before him. In his great love, he, is already, he had already planned to adopt me. I am his child in Jesus Christ. This was always the purpose of his will. That I would bring praise to his glorious grace. I am blessed in his beloved son, Jesus Christ. In Christ, I am redeemed through his blood. All my sins are completely forgiven. He has lavished his grace upon me. In all wisdom, he is making known the mystery of his will. His plan for the fullness of time is to unite everything in heaven and earth in Christ. I am sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. My inheritance in Christ is guaranteed. And this brings God glory. Let's go ahead and praise him. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and be seated. Knowing who you are to Father God changes the way you pray. Knowing who you are to him changes the way you pray. You pray as a son or daughter and you know you're loved and already accepted by him. The Bible actually says, uh, James 1, 16 18, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift from above comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, the Father's will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that, he might, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. And then we see in Hebrews 2, 10 through 11, it says, for it is fitting that he, we're talking about Jesus, for, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should he make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. Jesus was made perfect through suffering. For it is fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, Let's say I read that. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source, and that is why he's not ashamed to call them brothers. So Father God is this source given this capacity of Jesus to cleanse, make whole, separate into God, a brand new family. He redeems us through his shed blood, writes our names in the book of life. We become his children. He places us in relationship with him and with one another, and then we start growing. We start growing. 
So he who sanctifies and he's those who are sanctified, the ones that receive this blessing to walk in this. We're kind of toward the end here. I, I have more. Let me just throw this out. The next chapter in chapter 2, we see how we're saved. By grace you're saved through faith, not as works, lest any man should boast, you know. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that he's prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So we see that God is his salvation. He's already prepared the, the way you're supposed to be. You learn of him and you begin to walk in that. And you have begun to walk in the things that the Lord has for you, haven't you? Isn't it wonderful? Took a little while to get some traction, didn't it? It's wonderful. In each of our lives, we begin to see that, that, uh, that heavenly calling and we begin to respond to that. And that there's this things that rise up against us. And you've got to go through and find your way, right? That's why we pray with and for one another here. We come and do this. The next thing that he says in the Ephesians 2 is that there's this mystery that's being revealed. It was held back for a long time, but now it's been revealed. And the mystery is this, that he says, I'm going to show the spirit realm, all the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. I'm going to reveal to them that I'm going to put my absolute authority, that the, my manifold wisdom inside of people on the planet. And I'm going to display who Jesus is through people on the planet who love me. I'm going to grow them up and they'll have authority over these works of darkness in this realm. Hallelujah. Cool beans. Then he goes right into praying. He prays this other prayer, and this is the other one, and maybe I should say, here's your assignment, maybe this, but in Ephesians 3, this is probably the biggest thing. I'm going to read it, and then we'll book on out of here. Ephesians 3, this is so huge. This has changed my life massively. For this reason, gosh, I want to cry. This is the revelation, you know. This is the revelation of the kingdom coming into your life. The kingdom coming into your life is this. You have no idea the level of love that's about to download into your soul. It's not religion. It's pure love. If you're religious, get over yourself. Repent for it. Humble your heart and come into the relationship with the one who loves you and love you out of all that garbage. Paul said, I consider it all dung. And it was all of his religion. Read chapter 3 in Philippians. Dung. Everything is messed up except the relationship that Jesus has rescued him. And he says, I want him. That's the high calling. That's the prize. I want to grow in him. Not a righteousness of my own. I want him. So here it is. I bow my knees. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom the whole, every family in heaven and earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you, now get this, this is crazy, grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be 
filled, filled with the fullness of God. Then he says, now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than you have, whatever you could ask or think, according to the power at work in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. I had a moment when I was reading that verse, and the Lord said, you're not rooted and grounded in love yet. You're still rooted and grounded in the bitterness of the, the abuse. You're rooted and grounded. You've got roots of pain running down the history of your life. He says, I'm going to go through, I'm going to take you through a process. I'm going to get all of that bitterness out of you. Because bitter roots have fruit and it's not pleasant. And until the root's gone, you still produce it. And if you're a believer and you find yourself just getting mad and you can't stop it, there's probably, like John the Baptist said, Jesus has come to put the axe to the root. And he can come and he can sever these things inside of you and ca cause them to be leaving you. Aren't you happy about that? How many of you had the Lord do a little pruning on you, a little digging out some roots in you? Helps, doesn't it? And he said, you're not rooted and grounded. And then there's these moments. You just have moments. You have these moments where the Lord just comes in his... If you don't... Go ahead and ask the Lord for these moments. Just say, Lord, show me your love. Show me your love. Show me your glory. Like Moses, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your love. Show me your love. Show me your love. Reveal your love to me. Show your love to me. You'll be walking along someday and suddenly you'll feel this hug come out of heaven. You'll be in a state of euphoria. You won't even know what to do with yourself. Suddenly the whole earth stopped and you're in the basking in the one who loves you more than anybody else. Don't run off. Stay right there. Let him download how deeply cherished you are. Most people do a little hug and a little pat and run on from God. They little, have a little read a little devotion, get a little pat and run off. What if you just sat in his presence and lingered and lingered and lingered and let the one who created everything and created your heart for him have it? Let's just lift your heads to the Lord. If you would mind, take your hands and just place them together before you like this for a moment. And uh, let's just say, I'm going to take my heart and put it in my hands and present it to God. Can we do that? So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I bring the history of my heart before you. You know me inside and out. You know past, present, and future. You know what I need. You know if, if I need to be saved. You know, if I, you know if I need to be healed. You know if I need to be freed. You're all-knowing. I bring my heart to you. Thank you for taking care of me. Now, there's a beautiful... Let the Holy Spirit just descend upon your heart. There's an anointing, it's known as love. And the Lord comes and He pours His love. Men need the love of God, often even more than women. 
Lord just comes and puts his arm around a young man, older man, causes his heart to change, realizes his worth is not found in everything he has to do, but it's found in love. Somebody loves him. Takes the pressures off. Releases joy inside the heart. We thank you, Lord. I just sense a releasing, a freeing effect of the work of the Spirit in the room. We want to touch the heart of heaven. Our Father, who are in heaven. Oh, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. All of this in your kingdom come. And your will be done. I'm tired of mine. Let my heart represent, like Jesus, your will being accomplished. I surrender all. Thank you, Lord. certain what the bush was that Moses saw. It could have been one of those bushes, but the difference was it wouldn't stop burning. It kept burning. It just kept burning. It just kept burning. We don't know if this was a few moments or a couple of days that went by. But Moses was intrigued that this bush wouldn't stop burning. God used it as a sign. And he went over to the bush God spoke and said, Moses, take off your shoes. Take off your sandals. The place where you are is holy ground. He knew he was called, but he didn't have it straight. God had to rinse him out from all the things that he thought he was all about. Had to get rid of him. He came to a place where I can't do it. And he brings our hearts to a place where we just can't do it anymore. And then suddenly the bush appears. And a moment of consecration comes. And you say, you're going to do it, aren't you? I'm going to do it. I'm not going to do it anymore, am I? You're not going to do it. I'm going to do it. And that's the Christian life. Paul said, the life that I now live is not mine. It's no longer me that lives. But Christ is in me. The one who loved me and gave his life for me, that's the life that's inside of me. And that's sonship. That's being a daughter. That the weight of your life is no longer on you. It's on the one who made you for himself. Let's praise the Lord. Praise Him. Let's just praise Him for a minute. Praise You, Lord. Praise You, Jesus. Praise You, Jesus. Praise You, Lord. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. 
deep in our hearts, a resounding hallelujah. And everyone said, Amen. Listen, listen, there's a couple of people that are going to, if you need further ministry and prayer, we have a few folks up here. Let's go ahead and uh, stand together. And go in the peace, the grace, and the peace, and the mercy of Jesus today. Amen. Love on each other. You're dismissed.